0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene, the only ghost-friendly podcast, certified audio sage. I'm your host, Gio, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob. How are you, Rob?
1: We're heading through a tunnel, and I hope you can hear me. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I was heading through it, right? I was, I was just catching up. Sorry, I was just stepping out from the other dimension, everyone. Wow. So Um, hot from the other dimension, dimension
0: uh, Donald Bush, the Donald Bush dimension. How is it over there?
1: There's, you know, it's just as busy as this dimension. I think what we need to recognize is that they're actually on the same trajectory as us, but in a completely different way. Um, It's not enough, I don't know enough to really speak in detail, but know that They, too, are heading at a sort of crossroads moment like we are. And um, based on my information, I think we might be heading towards each other.
0: You know, it's interesting. Um, There's something in the phenomenon about these interdimensional travelings that we've been doing. Rob especially, because he's been to different dimensions before. This is kind of his forte. So I let him do most of the traveling. But we have you know, Snapchat, and Snapchat still exists, and it carries, so he's been able to send some selfies to me, and I've seen some slight differences in the backgrounds. For instance, the movie Knives Out in our universe is Knives Out. In their universe, Spoons Out, and it's a whole different cast, but it's all about spoons. And bluegrass music. And exactly playing the spoons so it's the same but it's different and, and if you guys watch the movie knives out it's, it, it's a long-winded way about talking about bluegrass
1: music basically so Jamie it's the Lee same. curtis uh huge just, yeah uh actually really known she she actually was famous for playing spoons first in the donald bush dimension
0: wow so the similarities like you said we may be on a crash course considering how similar things are getting you know we used to talk about the mandala effect we just never understood that we were interdimensional travelers and that yeah the berenstein berenstein it's this it's different but i mean we just didn't realize we're just walking in between dimensions like we open up doors and so that's what's been going on i I hope i didn't spook anybody but that's not even what we're talking about this episode Rob, we have um, a big hefty thanksgiving sized meal on our plate, and it's all leftovers uh, i don 't know how much leftovers you were left with from the um, you know the feast the Thanksgiving feast, but I have a mountain of mashed potatoes in my refrigerator. I had to take out every, all the food, all the perishables, put them in, a, in an ice box just to hold the mashed potatoes. so I have a lot of leftovers, and we only have how many like three weeks left in this year in this decade to finish all of this food. So we got to digest all of this as fast as possible. Let's get down to it. I think, you know, what we're talking about. I think everybody knows what we're talking about. There's only really one thing that we can talk about right now. Rob, go ahead. Lay it on me.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary friends. It's Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp!
0: Johnny Depp! Johnny Depp! Johnny Depp! Gentlemen. we You will always remember this as the day that you almost caught. Johnny Depp! Boom. And yes, that is you. Depp's that music, everybody. Wow. So... Welcome to the hopefully last installment of, of the decade of the Depp Steps. We have come a long way. We have educated you guys as well as we could. We've given you as many insights as we possibly could into the life and times of what today we call Johnny Depp. And it's not always been the same.
1: We could consider it the Deppade episode, perhaps.
0: Yes. The end of the decade, decade, And Johnny Depp is still at work. There's loose ends aplenty, galore. I don't know how many loose ends we're going to keep on finding on the floor, and picking them up and realizing that it's all leading back to Depp. Because as investigators, you have to understand, listeners, we don't intend... On, on attacking this this person. We don't intend on figuring out truths that we're not supposed to find out. This is just plain old, simple, American ingenuity investigation at its best. And we are the best at it. And we find out things, and it just so happens it leads back to one person. Who is that person? Let's say with me. One, two, three. Depp.
1: Johnny Depp
0: johnny depp so i know we we toot this horn a lot right we're the louis armstrongs of johnny depp awareness and we're blaring away and my fingers and my lips are tired but we got to pucker up and put one last show we're going to prove it to you guys we're going to give you the final word of 2019 of the Depp aid and hopefully the final nail in the coffin or the stake into the heart of the vampire, the demon prince himself, Johnny Depp. I don't want to sound preachy. I don't want to sound preachy, guys. We have the same birthday. And you have to ask, you know, Geo, aren't you still traumatized? Aren't you still shivering and quaking in your boots after being John Malkoviched? And being taken to Bohemian Grove. Uh, yeah. Thanks for asking, listeners. I'm glad it took you that long to ask. Because I am, in, in fact, shooken, shooketh to my bone. But we found out some truths in, in this past uh, Thanksgiving break. And we know whose eyes I was behind. Rob, you did a lot of work. On the other side in the other dimension, working with the alternate version of me who didn't have the trauma of going through that experience. And with your duo team together, you guys figured it out. So, whose body was I in?
1: Yeah, I mean, big shout out to the whole street team, too, Gio. I want to just say there's so many people that go into this movement, right? That, mm. you know, most of them too prefer to remain. Anonymous, because this is you know national security, transnational security, intergalactic, interdimensional. So you know there are some lot heavy forces at play, and it's not always easy to stand up for the truth. But there is a whole group of people dedicated to it, and we really need to honor their service. So thank you to the Street Team uh, for keeping the multiverse safe Mm. and bringing us the facts. And the fact of this matter is that Geo, I think you actually knew who this person was the whole time, because we've already spoke about them, and you needed to speak about them last week, but we didn't have the chance to. Yeah, it's true. In a way, we've already spoken about them, and in quite a critical moment, uh, our fans, the math heads that are already crunching the numbers, I think already know that we're talking about Nicolas Cage, and. The existence of God.
0: It had to be him. And I, we, we didn't understand until we took 10 steps back and saw the mosaic for what it was, the collage of all of the images that I saw. You know, I saw the forest. I saw, you know, a ritual, much like the the, the bee movie that he was in where he got stung by bees, the wicker man, Right. I saw a game of monopoly that he played with the devil. And we'll get we'll get to that later. I saw Bohemian Grove. Nicholas Cage loves trees. I saw all these things and I knew it was him. But why? Why why Cage? You know? When in the movie Being John Malkovich, because that's all we really have to go off of here, the science of being John Malkovich, the movie we talked about, Con Air, had John Malkovich. So why not John? Why not Ving Rames? Why not Danny Trejo or Steve Buscemi? It could have been any of them that I jumped into. It just so happened I, I jumped into the person that proved God's existence. And also, had a meeting with the devil himself. And Mandy, Mandy's all about him and and, and the devil, right? So I'm answering my own question, but also I'm asking a larger question, right? Why why him? Why me? Why all of this? And why is this happening in a Depp step? And I think I just answered my question. It's Johnny Depp guys Johnny Depp
1: who else has the power to transfer Geo into the body of the man who proved the existence of God a prophet maybe he I looked, think that's the definition he looked just
0: like Jesus in the movie Con Air he looked exactly like Jesus in every way and so it had to be strong force It had to be something powerful beyond time, beyond reality. And we knew it was Depp. And here is proof. And I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you right now. This is something that has been brewing since the 80s. But it's the truth. And I'm going to give it to you from the horse's mouth. This is Nicolas Cage, an interview that he did, talking about – renting an apartment to a young Johnny Depp, who he believed was a young Johnny Depp, right? Obviously not true. He says that they were uh, good friends. They were living in Hollywood, of course. And Johnny Depp was not an actor. He was a, a musician, a failed musician. And so they were playing a game of Monopoly. And he convinced him he said, why don't you act? And he said, well, you know, I, I can't. I'm not a good actor. And he said, well, you know, you're so handsome. I'm, I'm, paraphrase, I'm paraphrasing here. You, you know, Johnny, you're so handsome. You're so beautiful. Uh, you, you bring so, so much light into my life. I think that light should be shared with the world. And he got him a meeting with his agent. His agent got him a meeting with the Nightmare on Elm Street crew. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, that is from the horse's mouth. That is Nicolas Cage saying it himself, not Mark Luffler, not the horse. We're talking about the horse's mouth, Nicolas Cage. Now, that story is pretty nice. You hear that story and you think, oh, you know, uh, two young actors coming up together, one helping the other, the other becoming a huge star, overnight success, it sounds, you know, uh, like a match made in heaven. Or it sounds too good to be true. So, what's the real story? Why, why is this included in the depth step? And I think my vision, my actual image that I saw was not of him playing Monopoly with Johnny Depp. I didn't see that. If you hear, heard me earlier, I said the devil. So he was playing a board game with the devil. And the devil won. And he even said that in in, in the interview. He said that, you know, Johnny was laughing and having a good time. If you're losing in Monopoly, you are not laughing. I don't care how uh, kind spirited and how optimistic you are. If you're losing in Monopoly, you're sad, you're somber.
1: I've punched my grandma. Playing Monopoly, and I love her. You punched your grandma? That's how it, that's how heated it gets, you know. Playing Monopoly.
0: How old were you when you punched your grandma?
1: It was last week. She's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she yeah, she punched me back. Okay, um, it you- was we we had to be pulled apart. At, really.
0: <laughs> okay. So it was a scuffle. She held her own.
1: I mean, that just illustrating, like, that's, that's Monopoly. You know, that's every time we play.
0: Every time you play, there's shiners. Yeah. And you'd have to accept that when you're playing Monopoly. That's you sign a contract playing Monopoly that fisticuffs eventually have to come out. And Johnny Depp knew that. And Nicolas Cage knew that. But it wasn't Johnny Depp. It was somebody else. It was the devil. And I'm not saying Johnny Depp is the devil. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is him and the devil might be good friends. He might know the devil personally on a a first-name basis. So let's be clear. I was given a prophecy, and that prophecy involved Johnny Depp. So that's why we're doing this step step because it reinforces every single thing that happened this past year. Rob going to France, getting stalked by the scent of salvage, right? It following him back to America. Now, me getting, you know, locked into Nicolas Cage's eyes and then dropped and then um, headed to the CIA and having to get deposed. All of this is because of depth. and we may sound crazy, and he, may, he made it that way, right? He made us sound crazy by all the crazy stuff he's been doing to us. Now, let's get into what has been happening with him, because I think if we look into what he's doing, into his personal matters, his affairs, not only will it get under his skin, but it will also illuminate some of the truths that we've been looking for and it might actually show us how we could defeat him in 2020. So let's get started with some of the lawsuits that he's been, he's been uh, handling, managing. He has about three. I don't know how, how he is at juggling, but um, he's been getting a lot better over the years because he has multiple lawsuits that he is just bouncing from hand to hand. And in between all of these He's punching people. He's punching people left and right. So let's get started with the first one where he straight up goes for the king of Philadelphia, right? The champ, the the Italian stallion. Rob told me this story about um, a Hollywood punch out. So so what happened here, Rob?
1: I mean, this is a scene that actually – Quentin Tarantino depicted in his film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, although, he, in his story, he said it was Bruce Lee uh, versus Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, that was actually um, a reenactment of this incident of Johnny Depp on the set of one of his new films uh, yet to be released uh, about tupac and biggie smalls uh, Hmm. and the police uh investigation into their murders uh so already we're dealing with some pretty big spiritual energy and it there was a dispute on set where johnny was taking the crew so late into the night you know as a vampire he wants to get as close to midnight the most powerful time uh, witching hours you know midnight and beyond mm-hmm. but think about what that is doing to your your film crew set that might not be vamp- you know most of which you're not hiring vampires to to crew the sets there might be some but by and large they're people and they're going to get tired and they're pushing them pushing them, pushing them and the only person they could think that could say johnny you know these people need some coffee they're, they're way past their their the break hour Mm-hmm. uh they need to sit down for two seconds uh but no one wanted to talk to Johnny, so they had to send in the Italian stallion himself Rocky, who also night times as a uh, location manager um hmm. you know it's as you can imagine for athletes, right your body can only take so many punches throughout the year, so you end up having to take side jobs, and apparently one of his side jobs is to. Be a location manager. He's been around the block.
0: And not only that, but, you know, with the rise of MMA, boxing just isn't what it used to be mm-hmm. as, as a crowd, you know, um, bringer, you know, putting butts in the seats. So he has to, you know, find smaller venues. And as a location scout, as a location manager, that's one of his responsibilities, you know, looking for places to fight. And obviously the underground brawling scene, which we were about – you're about to get into – is well and good. So he is looking for back alleys where he could host bare-knuckle fights and fight club fights. So, you know, he has his, his fingers in a lot of pies, Rocky Marciano, the Italian Stallion. So, so please
1: continue. Right, and I think that context is important just to show, you know, the level of which Johnny is operating at where he goes right up to Rocky. And he punches him twice in the gut and says, Punch me in the face, and I'll give you $100,000. $100,000
0: for a punch in the face?
1: Mm hmm.
0: And, but okay. But the, here's the strange part, <laughs> right? It's, it's so smart, it's ingenious what he just did. If you think about it as a vampire. Think about that, okay? If I were to punch a vampire in the face, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if I were to punch a vampire in the face, what's to stop them from stopping my hand with their teeth? Mm. Instant vampire. For $100,000, that's cheap to create your own vampire. So basically what he said was he said, punch me and I'll turn you into a vampire. And I'll give you one hundred thousand dollars as a NDA, but basically, he offered Rocky a role in his empire. Wow, or a, a possibly a trap. He he was going to trap him into becoming a vampire if he punched him.
1: Right, he'd become one of part of his vampire slaves, perhaps, and then we'd have Rocky, the the boxing vampire. So <clears throat> think about the power. Then that would. Add to Johnny's coven of his Hollywood vampires. So he's always on the hunt for new followers. Wow. So that story ends – And this is just one incident. You know, As we said, there are
0: two other lawsuits that Johnny is involved in. Right. That's just one fight. That's only one brawl
1: that he's in. And the strangest part is that apparently Johnny must have set a spell, but apparently no one else on set remembers this happening or remembers completely different events. That have what? nothing to do what, th- about the story that I told you right now. Because this is the story as Rocky recounts it. But if you're apparently un American and don't believe Rocky, um, mm. you may believe another but, story. I mean, if the director's telling one story,
0: Johnny's telling another story, and then Rocky is telling another story, I don't wanna say that Rocky's wrong. But how many punches to the face has Rocky gotten? versus how many punches to the face has the director gotten versus how many has Johnny gotten. That would be a good graph to, to, to map. We don't have the data. We don't know what kind of uh, fighting the director or Johnny's done. So let's not, you know, conjecture here. We, we, we could be completely wrong in saying Rocky could be the least brain damaged of the three. So let's not, you know, cast dispersions, but It'd be interesting to know how many concussions they've all had, you know,
1: um, as a total. I mean, obviously, all this will be evidence is considered in court, and we'll let the courts decide where this lands. But I think we can speak from a larger body of investigations as Mm -hmm. well, which to paint a a larger picture, right? And that kind of goes to the second lawsuit.
0: Um, This is something where it is all secrecy, it is all shadows. This is something that when you hear about this it 's the Jeffrey Epstein syndrome, where once the story is settled in court or otherwise, it 's kind of dead on on site it 's over. People move on. so this is a lawsuit versus um, a law company, somebody that represented him in managing his his money. He sued them, the Bloom Company, for $30 million. And this is an insane amount of money that he mismanaged and mishandled. This is their account of his money. He spent $300,000 a month on wine, quote-unquote wine, that he flew on private jets from other places here to America. It's It's a
1: wine bottle in each seat. Exactly. Now – You have to make sure the wine is you know, well cared for. If you want to have the particular taste, you don't want to have a certain bottle shock to change the taste of it.
0: Mm, and, of course, the change in time, the time zones, must be just terrifying to the, to the wine. You know, they're like, what time is it? You know, it's supposed to be night, and it's bright outside, and it, the wine goes sour when it's, when it's nervous. That's true. So we have $18 million that he spent on a yacht. Now, we know about the ocean. We know how haunted it is. But let's just remind you the factors of 18. 18 is 9 plus 9. 9 plus 9 is 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3. Now. That's six threes. Right? That's a lot of threes. That's a lot of sixes. Um, numerologists out there, crunch the numbers, and I think you understand what I'm talking about here. 18 million dollars on a haunted boat, on a on a haunted yacht. We also have the fact that he spent three million dollars launching the ashes of Hunter S. Thompson into the atmosphere in a cannon. That means, and I don't want to scare people. We, we've talked about contagions. We've talked about global epidemics before. Wild spread panic and fear has shaken the hearts and cores of, of, you know, the globe and the universe. Luckily, I'm going to say only in our universe has happened. I'm not sure if this happened in the other, if Johnny Depp successfully launched the Hunter S. Thompson cannon, but we're talking about everybody on earth inhaling bits and pieces of Hunter S. Thompson. He was in Aspen, Colorado. That is in the, in the mountains that is high, which means that the cannon was able to reach high enough into the jet stream to where it then floated all around the earth, coating the entire earth in particles, atoms of Hunter S. Thompson. So if you go to a drug test and there's acid or PCP in your son or daughter's pee, you might need to think twice. You might need to consider the fact that it is Hunter S. Thompson's atoms that are full of PCP and that they just happen to be inhaling that. So, you know, Everybody Who says
1: that these parents are even reading it correctly because they also have these atoms, and they're also on P- PCP.
0: Exactly. This, this isn't supposed to scare people. This was just a factoid. But yes, we all have PCP that we've inhaled because of Johnny Depp and Hunter S. Thompson.
1: True. Take a genealogy test. You'll find you'll have 0.0000001% Hunter S. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Everybody has it now. Everybody. So that's only a part
0: of the lawsuit. This is what was before they started deliberating. And then they settled, right? And in the deliberation, they were slinging a lot of mud. And yet this is the truth that we will never find out. These are the papers of the library at Alexandria that were burned this is the Ark of the Covenant put away in the last Indiana Jones, never to be seen again, locked away under lock and key. The only hope we have is Mark, the horse Luffler. He's done it before. He's found he's found a vault before, and he can do it again. We know he can. But this isn't a time for heroes. This is a time just to kind of gather the facts. He settled this. Got his. Let's say half of that, let's say $15 million, and all the evidence of his wrongdoing is now under the rug, brushed. But what's funny about this story is even though he has one lawsuit kind of taken care of, he still has another lawsuit. This is out of his three lawsuits. There's still one more. So let's get to the last lawsuit because this one is shrouded in mystery, and honestly, I don't know if we'll ever find out what he did and how much money he spent on what. But I mean, the memorabilia. Yes. He spent the spotlight, everything, Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, Marlon Brando, all haunted, everything from movie sets. You know, he he's getting pieces from their gravestones. He's getting bits and pieces of their DNA, making Frankensteins of them. I'm sure we can be clear that he's making Frankensteins of Marlon Brando right now. So let's get to the last.
1: Yes. Go ahead. And I think I was saying that the person who knows probably more about this than most humans on this earth is Amber Heard. Yes. I mean, she heard heard it it all. She heard it all.
0: She heard it all before. It's not new to her. And this is the most convoluted of defenses that I've heard from Johnny's perspective. But let's get into it. Um, We've talked about this a little bit before, and this has been a recurring battle that he's had with his ex-wife. They met on set of a movie, a Hunter S. Thompson movie, The Rum Diary. Okay, And now, so many years later, he is uh, divorced, estranged, excommunicated, and he has sued her. For defamation, and he is blaming her, saying that he never hit her. That's her claim that she abused, that he abused her, and she left him for those reasons, and you know, righteously so, right? I mean, as 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 someone in that situation, you commend her for getting out when she could, you know, being brave enough to come out and speak her her truth, and now he's saying that's all lies that she wore makeup and and faked it, and not only is he saying that, but he is calling James Franco to testify, and he is calling Elon Musk to testify, so you know we're talking big Hollywood. I'm surprised he didn't call Nicholas Cage. I don't think Nicholas Cage would show up. I think that's why, so you know
1: why Maybe, Franco I mean Geo, I mean, maybe this also ties back to you. Maybe there is a reason why you were in Nicolas Cage. Maybe there was of course, some sort of – maybe that's way, Johnny's way of trying to infiltrate. Johnny Depp appealed to Nicolas Cage through a vision
0: while Nicolas Cage was giving me the vision. And that's why I saw the, the devil himself. The intermediary between Nicolas Cage and Johnny Depp probably has always been the devil. I'm not saying that Nick knows the devil, but the Nick knows – Nicolas Cage knows that God exists. You better believe that he knows the devil exists. I mean it's two sides of the same coin. So if he knows about God, he knows the devil.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I mean so there's, there's that evidence right there, and I think you're right. And right there, my Nico dog agrees. Nico agrees. The devil might be knocking on my door. And luckily there's you know, we burned audio sage where you know the podcast is playing, so he is not allowed while we are we are talking. So James Franco, Elon Musk, these two people are not fact witnesses. The they are um, what do you call it? Supplementary. They, they are friends of Amber Heard. James Franco lived in an apartment near Johnny Depp. So why is he involving two of the most famous names in pop culture right now? James Franco has fallen a little bit. He's not as popular. He has his own issues. Elon Musk has his own issues. And yet we have two people, two titans of Hollywood, and they're being involved, dragged into Johnny Depp. I don't understand what he's expecting of them. But the fact is, they might be called into court with their hand on the Bible. And they're going to say the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me, God. And I hope the lawyers, and, and this is to the lawyers, I hope you ask them if they believe in ghosts. Because you start there and you will then have a bombshell of a case because they will have to say yes. And boom, we got we got evidence in Congress, we got evidence on in the trials, and we're taking it all the way to Supreme Court. So this is a this is a case of preparation we need the lawyers to prepare for this this is a trial of a century of possibly to start the new decade this is going to be a trial that's going to define the
1: 2020s it's going to be the first laws on the books for the 2020s so mm-hmm. you know think about all this this sounds like casting a spell to me you put your hand on a holy text and swear an oath yes it compels you to, to speak truth. So I think that's what we're talking about. And I think there's a lot of power in that. So you get to decide whose truth are you telling. Exactly.
0: And it's all going to be written down. The sonographers have lightning fast fingers. They move like just you can't even see them like spiders crawl on the on the walls. So every word, every intonation, every tone they say. Will be recorded and the people who who are able to to jot down the images of them they they will be able to paint them there are no photographs they won't be able to be invisible anymore so we will have evidence of everything and they will paint the ghosts in the room as well so let's not kind of be afraid of the future right he is working at a crazy pace when it comes to lawsuits johnny depp is not stopping we have word that he's been working on music on his music label and he's he was inspired by other people in hollywood who are starting their own music labels and this is going to take i think a whole new episode to get into rob we're going to do an episode that is strictly music based where we are, are going to delve into hollywood's obsession with becoming musical stars they want to be you know the like what do they call it um a triple threat right and singing dancing and acting you have to ask yourself triple threat that that does sound a little demonic it sounds a little 666 scary right i mean the original triple threat exactly 666 is the original triple threat. So we're going to get into the ghosts and the sounds. We're going to get into all of that in our next episode. But I think that as as DEP comes to a close, as this DEP aid is finally coming to an end, I'm glad that it's all ending in litigation, right? Because you're free until you get tied into the courts. Now he's he's going in for depots just like we did. He's going in and talking to investigators, and they're giving him the third degree. They're not giving him, you know, good coffee. They're giving him stale coffee and and really dry donuts. So we have that to to thank for our justice system and the fact that they're not treating him the best. He's he's winning some. He's losing some. And so you know, this isn't somebody that we have to you know, treat kindly. You know, he is a beast. He's a fantastic beast. And we didn't even get into the fact that he's making the third Fantastic Beast movie.
1: So this man is at large You need to tie him up in court. I think I can't think of any worse fate than to wait in line. Mm-hmm. An eternal line. And this
0: is a man that can wait forever. This is a man that has waited eons to become an actor. And then just because, you know, his friend Satan wanted to win a bet with Nicolas Cage, he's an actor now. And he is now a musician and now a, a, a label owner that we'll get into. So as much as we want to say depth Step is over for the year, it's never over. And the more info we get, we'll just relay it to you each time, you know?
1: He, he's busier than ever as well because he's not just tied up in the courts, but he is trying to produce – not just records, he's trying to produce films. Like I said, one of the lawsuits concerns a film that Johnny Depp is making. Oh my uh, God. He's making stage plays. Oh my God. We didn't we even get forgot. into that.
0: We almost forgot. Let's real quick. This is insane. We talked about Michael Jackson not two months ago for the Halloween special. Okay? And all of a sudden, he's doing a play about... Uh, about michael jackson johnny Depp is doing a play about his glove so i mean yes i get it they like us they listen to us but can they please send us a check send us a motherfucking check please they copy and copy and copy rob and and you know i'm sick of it and why is he doing it about michael jackson because we talked about it right but there's also a deeper reason. There's the deeper reason. And why is it doing it from an inanimate object? There is a deeper reason. We, we have to find that out. And I think we will figure that out during our sound episode because we will explore what he's doing audibly as a, as, a, as a tonal thing, the frequency which he is performing at. I think we've never really experienced that on the podcast. So we're gonna get there. We're gonna show you some examples of him, and we will pinpoint why he chose Michael Jackson and and his glove as a way to either taunt us or gain more power or, you know, he's making more problems with himself. He has no right choosing Michael Jackson. The 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 estate said no. So this is unauthorized. So
1: it's interesting. To, yes, and I agree. We need to approach this with a whole different angle because obviously they think they're still two steps ahead of us and that they can just plagiarize and use our talents to their own demonic purposes. So guess again, mm-hmm. we're changing up the whole format. I think we're going to be getting some new experts on in the scene to keep us all informed because there's no one way about any of this. We are jumping through dimensional hoops and talking with each other, so getting more people in the scene. So the more together that we're all becoming, as we're all seeming, the less uh, lies, frankly, get to exist, because there can only be one truth in the end.
0: No matter how many universes there are, You know, there's always going to be one truth. And we will leave it there. Rob, that was beautifully said. So guys, stay in the scene. Have a great week.
1: We love you. Keep your eyes on that damn screen. Stay extreme.